Welcome everyone to the podcast Unanswered Questions with Pastor Tim Cole. This is a podcast where we talk about tough theological and Christian living questions sent in by people just like you. Our hope is that listening will strengthen your confidence in God's Word, helping you to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. If you have any questions, please send them to questionsforpastortim at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Unanswered Questions with Pastor Tim Cole. Today the question is, how does a canonical approach help us better understand the scriptures? This is not the first time that we've talked about a canonical approach. A canonical approach to both read, to observe, to interpret, and to apply the scripture. Canonical comes from the word canon, and in essence, when you approach the Bible from a canonical standpoint, you are suggesting that the scripture itself is a good commentary on the scripture. So you interpret scripture by looking at other scripture. Now, other folks have said that, and they've not meant what we mean today by a canonical approach to scripture. But let me give you an example, and perhaps the example will help define what it is that we are speaking about. Let's talk about the phrase or the concept of women serving food. That may not sound like a canonical approach to scripture at all, but you'll have to just trust me for a few minutes. Receiving food from women is an everyday experience. In fact, it was our very first experience after birth. Uh, We are fed from our mothers within the womb through the umbilical cord, And then when we are outside the womb for the very first time, normally, uh, all things being equal, babies, and that means you at one time, and me at one time as well, were nurtured at our mother's breasts. And since that time, millions and millions and millions of people, uh, you, me, and many others, have enjoyed countless delicious meals prepared by mothers and some fathers as well. So it's a normal pattern. Um, It's no surprise that God uses this same pattern to get our attention and to remind us of how important it is to listen to his voice, that is to say, to obey his commands. In fact, to hear in the Hebrew Bible is to obey by faith. Let's talk about the first recorded meal in history. The first recorded meal in history was of a woman serving a man. She took its fruit and ate it. She also gave to the man who was with her, and he ate it. Genesis 3, verse 6. When God called Adam to account for his faithless disobedience, he interpreted the previous event for us. And rather than Locating Adam's failure in taking from the fruit of his wife, the Lord interpreted it differently. He said in verse 17 of Genesis 3, Because you listened to the voice of your wife and ate from the tree. Adam's failure is not so much that he listened to a woman's voice per se, 
but that he failed to listen and to obey the voice of the Lord God, which had been given to him prior. And lurking behind the scene, of course, was the voice of the serpent, who said, has God really said, casting doubt on what God had already given them. But the context of that failure, to listen, obey, is a woman serving a meal to a man. And the tragic result of that meal was death. Adam ate, he died. Adam ate a meal of death. It's the first meal in human history. Uh, anything written in Genesis 1 through 3 is going to be rewritten many, many times throughout the Bible. It establishes a pattern. And so you can track these themes throughout Scripture. We're going to track being fed by a woman through Scripture. We're going to look at this pattern, and as we do it, we're going to answer the question, why is a canonical approach to Scripture so helpful? Why take the time to understand this type of Bible study? Well, when the author of 1 Samuel composed his account of King Saul, Saul, the king of Israel, is shown to be a seed of the serpent. Now, the writer doesn't explicitly tell us that Saul is a seed of the serpent. He shows us. And Saul echoes the failure of Adam at a meal. Saul also failed to listen to the voice of the Lord for Samuel 28, 18. And so because, therefore, Saul did not have a word from the Lord, God was no longer speaking to him, God was silent, what does Saul do? He goes to a witch, a female medium, in order to call up the dead, dead Samuel, an act that had been strictly forbidden by God in Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 22. And despite the warning of Deuteronomy 18, despite the warning of the voice of the Lord, despite the fact that Saul um, did this deliberately, something is established here. A pattern is established. And so because he did not listen to the voice of the Lord, he listened to the voice of a witch. And behind the scene, as was the case with in Eden, is the serpent's voice again. This witch is obviously in cahoots with Satan. But the author of 1 Samuel, who is writing this story, is not finished with Saul when Saul speaks to Samuel. The witch insisted on making a meal for him. And at first, Saul resisted. But then he caves in and quote, and I quote the text, he hears her word. And to hear, remember, means to obey. So, so her suggestion to make a meal for him uh, is at first resisted, but then he caves in and, quote, listens to the voice of a witch, listens to the voice of a woman, listens to the voice of the woman rather than to the voice of God. And so he not only uh, fails to listen to the voice of the Lord, he listens to her voice and takes food. And at the end of the narrative, the writer says he ate, rose, and went. For Samuel 28, 25 though he does not suspect a thing. 
It is Saul's last night on earth. The next day, Saul is killed and decapitated. The next day on Mount Gilboa, just as Adam died spiritually on Mount Eden. So he ate, he rose, and went. Those same three verbs used together are only used this way one other time in the entire Old Testament. It is used in the case of Esau, who after selling his birthright to his brother Jacob, the text says he ate, he rose, and he went. Esau is cast as the seed of the serpent, just as Saul is cast of the seed of the serpent. Those phrases connect those two men. He ate, he rose, and he went after a meal. In the case of Jacob, of course, Jacob had served the meal. But in this case, Saul had taken food from a woman. So here we have a pattern. It's a pattern that Saul failed just like Adam failed. And the result of taking food from a woman, which came about because they refused to listen to the voice of the Lord, and listen to the voice of a woman, the result was death. And the result was death on a mountain. But that's not the end of the story because there is hope. The New Testament picks up these same concepts, these same verbs, and it was Jesus, the new Adam, who always listened to the voice of his followers, served his followers in meal in the upper room. And in anticipation of his death, resurrection, and ascension, Jesus transformed the verbs of Genesis 3, she took and ate, and Jesus transforms them into verbs of salvation, where he says to his disciples, take and eat. So the reason, therefore, that we can say that a canonical approach to Scripture is helpful, it helps us to understand the Bible, it helps us to understand the patterns in the Bible, it prepares us, in fact, for Jesus, in terms of understanding what he meant when he said take and eat. It helps us to see the storyline story start in Genesis and conclude, in a sense, in that upper room. Upper rooms are substitute for mountains in the New Testament, where now instead of dying, we live. And uh, the commemoration of the Lord's Supper, taking bread and eating, is a remembrance of Jesus' death on the cross. So, a canonical approach to scripture connects the dots, connects the stories from the old, and they find fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And so in the next episode, we want to see this in a different way, but how Old Testament stories find their fulfillment in the new through a canonical approach. Thanks for listening. And by the way, thank the person, whoever fixed that meal for you this morning or this afternoon. Thank you for joining us this episode, and remember to send all your questions to questionsforpastortim at gmail.com.